Welcome to another episode of the Property Nomads podcast. Uh, today's guest is a guest that you are going to love hearing from. He's lived in a multitude of countries, invested in a lot of countries, and we're going to be talking about the principles and comparisons of international property markets. As our guest says, he was an accidental landlord, but an investor by choice. I love that line. Uh, so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Lucas Bristke. Hopefully, I pronounced that surname right, uh, Lucas. Uh, right, welcome, thank you. welcome to the show. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Just, just laughing off air because I tried doing the previous intro and I absolutely butchered it. So second time lucky <laughs> for uh, this one. So we've got quite an interesting background. We'll deep dive to that. We'll deep dive into that in a minute because at the time of recording, you are based in Poland, but as you've just said off air, you've lived in Belgium. You've invested in Poland, uh, invested in the UK, and some other areas so just give us an insight into how all of that came about how how did it all start where did it all start all right so so uh, as i as, as rob mentioned i'm an i'm an excellent landlord because i i left traveling i've traveled around i lived in different countries i lived in in sweden primarily also in belgium but also primarily in sweden outside uh and you know when you when you travel a lot when you move between countries you tend to um do you, you need to do something with your own apartment right so 10 years ago i moved out from poland i moved to sweden and i rented my my apartment to a, a group of friends and then you know i was basically not taking any money from them it was just friends just keeping an eye on my on my apartment and after, after then, then we swapped the, the uh, we swapped the, the tenants and they started to pay me a cash flow and i really quickly realized hey Man, this is this is nice cash, right? Well, it's, it just covers the flight, <laughs> uh, or something, or some some small some small uh, you know things. Um, so I started to look into into property market. I read uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, obviously, as everybody started probably with Rich Dad Poor Dad, and I started to look around. I looked at Sweden. Uh, I looked at UK um, as you know. I was just comparing different markets at that time. That was ten years ago, so things have changed slightly since then. Uh, and yeah, I tasted. I tasted some some property market in Sweden. Uh, it's a very hard market to invest in. Uh, I taste, and then I, then I realized, hey, if you want to go anywhere with your money, just go to the UK because this is the market that is probably the most profitable in Europe and the most secure or safe in Europe at that time. Again, it was pre-Brexit, right? We Nobody knew it was Brexit. Uh, so, so yeah, that's how it all started. And then I and I started intentionally educating myself about different property strategies and, and you know, buying the first properties, building a portfolio. Great stuff. And in, in terms of... Try and ask this question as much as I can, because being a, you know, from the UK, it's sometimes a bit challenging to get a true perspective of what other people think of the UK in terms of property itself. I mean, of course, we're well aware that you know, there's a lot to be done in this, you know, on, on, in this island, mm -hmm. on these islands. But from your point of view, what is it or what was it about the UK? What makes it so secure for, for international investors? Mm -hmm. So there are a bunch of uh, a, a few a few key key areas I think are the most um, important for me uh, and as you will probably learn in a minute I I'm a safe investor I don't like risking too much 
um, or what I call, I call it, uh, taking an, uh, an um, you know, the, the, the conscious risk, um, right? So I don't want to risk too much. Um, so for me, the, 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 mo the biggest probably, um, no, there are two main areas. One is, of course, that this is a, a, a quite profitable market, right? So the, so the, the returns on investments are pretty high on the regular small bike-to-lets and, and HMOs, because that's my primary strategy. Um, then the second thing is that this, it is a regulated market, and the processes and you know the, the, the like it basically it's it's like a it's like a like a like a whole um, system, right? You have you have latex agents, we have sourcing agents, you have which are not regulated yet, right? Then you have uh, solicitors that pretty much check everything on your behalf. Um, you have um, you know you have insurance brokers that helps help you. You have uh, valuers. You have you know you have you have all the team that can work for you even if you live abroad. And I think that was for me one of the most um, important, or that was the thing that made this tick, that made this make this work. Because otherwise, I wouldn't be able to just invest from abroad. Obviously, I was visiting the sites, I was visiting the properties, I was looking at, at, at you know, I was flying over, meeting people building my team but without without this this structure or this mature um market that wouldn't be wouldn't be possible so high profits and then uh, high returns and then um, a good power team on site i think there are three key pieces of the puzzle there that you just highlighted lucas so this is, thank you for that so i kind of had a i guess that that might have been the case uh, again it's been mm -hmm. sat here in the UK, only I've invested in the UK. I've not gone out to other countries and tried investing. So I don't really have a comparison. Mm -hmm. But but talking of comparisons then, how would you say from your mm -hmm. experience that investing in the UK compares to, say, doing it in Sweden or, or doing it in Poland? Mm -hmm. So pretty much everything is different. <laughs> so starting with, with sourcing, right? Uh, because you have to find a deal somewhere. And uh, the amount of data that is available online is absolutely stunning in the UK. Um, in Sweden, there is also quite a lot, a lot of data, um, but there is far much less available online. I mean, you can dig it somewhere probably if you, if you study. Uh, you can find it somewhere, but it's not like it's not on your on your fingertips, right? It's it's just everywhere. You can go, you can you can you know pay five pounds, and you can go to Landridge, so you can you can download all the information you need. You have you have Zoopla, you have RightMove, you have comparison, you have heat maps, you have oh, all kinds of crime registry. You have everything online, right? You can you can find you can check all the data. Um, in Sweden, for instance, there is also some data, but it's not as easy to find, I would say. And if it comes to Poland, we have we are building actually the market is, is maturing very very fast. Um, it's kind of a, it's a very special specific market, special market because um, it is safe. It is much safer than it was like ten years ago. I know what what people think about Poland in general, but Poland has changed over the decade or two decades like significantly and you know we 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 treat ourselves as a as a, as a western country 
Um, so basically, you have all the systems in place. You have you have financing. You have um, you have uh, you know access to data. Uh, but still, um, I think UK beats all of them in terms of data availability. Then you have obviously you have the um, uh, you have financing, which is another pillar I would say of investing, right? Huh. Uh, there's far more lenders in the UK. I think there's over two thousand lenders in the UK, right? Uh, I, I read somewhere recently there's almost twenty five hundred lenders in the in the whole UK. So, so you know, the access to to um, to financing is is very easy, at least for the for the for for local people. It's slightly harder for us internationals. I mean, it is still available, but typically interest rates are slightly higher because of the risk the lender is taking. But otherwise, um, and and the, you know, and and the choice of lenders is is also narrower. But financing is available if you if the deals or if the numbers stack up. You're pretty much safe, right? Um, in terms of financing in Sweden, for instance, it's uh, it's much different and much more difficult because lender primarily look at you as an individual rather than as a business. When, when you when you lend when you borrow money in when you take a mortgage in the UK, basically basically the lender looks at the property, right? Because that's a that's what's going to finance your um, your mortgage. Uh, in in Sweden and in Poland, they look pretty much on you and make sure that you don't um, over leverage on yourself as a person. Even if you if you do it through a limited company or a comp or an equivalent of a, of a limited company, they still look at you as an individual and they screen you very hard, very very thoroughly, and they make sure that you don't borrow too much. Uh, that's that's what what well that's what the difference. So the lending is much more um, scarce, I would say. Uh, yeah. What else? Huh? No, go ahead. You have any questions? No, 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 no. no. I, I was um, <laughs> I was going to uh, say that's a that's an interesting point that other countries are looking at the individual rather than you know the property and the company itself I, I never knew that i mean that's that's quite a considerable difference mm -hmm. there and i imagine for a lot of people that are getting started that might not have financial backing i mean that could be quite challenging yeah yeah absolutely and then and also uh, like even in um you know you you know the, the, in, in the uk you have those uh you have those multipliers right so that for instance your mortgage cannot be higher than or sorry the rent has to be higher than the 1.25 of your mortgage payment right so those are much much stricter in in different countries so so um although at the same time since all the countries are pumped or the all the um, governments are pumping so much money into the market right now uh, obviously the money has to go somewhere right so i believe um that the lending scene will change a bit or will you know, will be much more friendly uh, because people will need to do something with the money and the money will end up probably in property or in stocks right so so probably will be one of the places where where the funding will go to yeah, yeah i think that there's going to be a lot of pressure that again it's probably what people don't realize or, or see but i imagine mm -hmm. there's a lot of pressure from the bank of england 
putting pressure on the banks to create this new you know new money new currency however you want to yeah. say it uh to then you know i'm going to use the word prop up because i think that's just what's happening uh, i mean there's no yeah don't get me started on modern monetary theory it doesn't work but i'm sure we'll deal with that years down the line but an interesting point well made some um, yeah it's good mm -hmm. to know the differences mm -hmm. and then also what is what is also interesting is um is the whole uh rules and regulations that's also a big difference especially compared to sweden sweden is a very closed market like the government for for decades were was protecting um the property market from um from speculators and um you know there were even regulations like you cannot sublet your apartment right to uh for a higher rent than you pay for right for or, or like 10 percent more than you pay for the apartment and um and the whole idea of housing associations, which is which is very popular in, in still in Sweden, it's, this changes a bit. But but still, for instance, when you buy a, a regular apartment, you don't buy it from in your own name. You sort so you sort of buy like a like a like a share in a in a housing association, which means that you are obliged to fulfill all the regulations, and and you know you can't or you can't sublet your apartment for longer than X amount of months, for instance. Which means that you can't like buy ten different apartments and then sublet it because because you're not allowed to, right? Your house constitution will block it. Will block it. Um, as I said, the market changes a bit, so so they lose they lose in the they lose in the regulations slightly, but still the vast majority of the market is actually quite protected. So so um, you know this is not the market. Obviously, there are plenty of opportunities in the commercial properties. That's a completely different, um, different area uh, or, or developments, which you know, the, the whole market just booms right now. You can see you can see building sites everywhere. Same in Poland, actually. Uh, there are so many. You know, people say we are in the bubble uh, right now because people literally buy, uh, as you say, a hole in the ground. Right, there's no building yet, but we are paying full full price for it because because there's not so because there, there's not enough uh, houses and people want to invest as well. So, so situation is very dynamic right now, especially last year. You know, since last year, uh, you know, when when because of the lockdown and, and uncertainties, and right now a lot of money being pumped into the economy, uh, the market is, is is in a boom, especially in developments. But in terms of rental, Sweden is very is quite protective in terms of um, Poland. Um, we are still very open. Uh, I think maybe it will change because so because as I said, there's so many investors. Um, basically, people learned to invest in properties over the last decade, and um, I think the average house price in Poland was rising ten percent year to year. An average price year to year ten percent. So it's you know, it's going it's going very 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 fast up in prices. Um, well, in terms of UK, well, UK is a mature market, right? You have you have HMOs, you have regulations, uh, but also you have things that protect you, like Section Eight or Section One. I know they're they're, they're slightly losing right now. We don't know if it, if if you know those um, those temporary changes in in those. 
uh, laws will will hold after pandemic or not. I I think they'll actually keep them uh, because the, it's going to be hard from the political standpoint to 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 you know um, reject the you know benefits that were taken from 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 tenants. But we'll see. Time will show. Anyway, the property market in the UK is much more regular, much more um, structured and much more protective for the landlord. Uh, would it be fair to say then from your experiences that uh, I guess this is probably the same with anything in life anyway, but would it be fair to mm -hmm. say that there are advantages and disadvantages of, of doing property investment in, in each of the three countries that you've highlighted? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, if you are, if you are, for let's compare Sweden and the UK, for instance. Um, in the UK, uh, if you let's take this as a first example. So somebody doesn't pay the rent, right? You have the section eight, you have section section one. Uh, I know now things are slightly like the law is slightly loosened, right? So they have slightly more benefit. Uh, there's like more some more the benefit on the on the tenant side. However, when the time runs out, you come with the police and you take the tenant out. In Sweden, it's practically impossible. Impossible, right? So um, first you need to have, um, you know, first it, 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 it's half a year before you, can, before you can hand in the notice for them. And then they can go to the court with you, which means they can take another half a year or a year before you can keep them out. So, so it's very, very, very hard to get rid of of um, of bad tenant, right? Then in Poland, on the, on the other hand, uh, since there are, there are less regulations, we don't have the six months AST, for instance, right? So if somebody if somebody proves that they can't be a tenant, they they're a problematic tenant, you can hand in the notice after one month and and goodbye, thank you very much. So that's sort of a benefit on your side, right? Um, however, there's a rule which says that you can't evict tenant in the winter time, which is because it's a problematic time to evict the tenant for some reason. I know if there are less houses in winter or something, I don't know. But uh, but it's, it's it's a law. It's a, it's an old um, uh, law and and still uh, in power. So you know you, you, it's it's hard. But uh, you know there are, there are pros and cons. I think. So if you are if you are creative, you can find many more uh, good deals in Poland because um, because of there are less regulations, um, so you can flip easier. You can you can um, yeah you can you can basically operate much easier. Um, in the UK, you have letting agencies which are pretty much. You know, do everything for you if you want. Um, it's less popular in Poland. I think people still a lot of people manage properties themselves. However, obviously, because of the demand in the market and more people getting more and more deals by building their portfolios, there are more and more letting agencies popular in um, in Poland. There's no such thing in Sweden, for instance, <laughs> wow. because there are almost no no rental market. I mean, people rent from first hand or, or second hand, but there is more like advertising your properties on them on like portals. There are no regular letting agencies or it is not that popular as in, as in the UK.
which means that for us, you, you, you avoid some costs, right? So maybe it's cheaper to rent out the property in, in Sweden. So there are always pros and cons on both sides, right? The, the only thing that you need to make sure is how much risk you want to take. And uh, if you, if you prefer, prefer taking less risk like me, I'd rather have somebody do it for me uh, rather than do it myself and, and you know, risk a tenant, which might be, might be a bad tenant. I mean, there are bad landlords that are bad tenants as well. Yeah, that, that, I think that's a great approach there, Lucas, is you know, delegating the work that needs to be delegated to the experts, like, like you know, lettings agents. Um, mm-hmm. um, as what we say, Aaron and I say to people as well, is it's important to have an understanding of how things are meant to work, your Section 8s, your Section 21s, mm-hmm. bits and bobs like that. It's important to have an understanding, but when it comes to the intricate details, yeah, you know, let people follow their expertise and it's yeah. you know we find that it's well worth the you know give or take 10 percent per mm-hmm. month we find it's, it's well worth that because but again as you say everyone is is different uh, going back to slightly higher interest rates uh, from from an international point of view you highlighted mm-hmm. that if you're as I say, you're Polish, you're investing in the UK, there's not as many lending choices available. The interest rates are slightly higher mm-hmm. uh, as well. Would you say, in your opinion, that that's still worth it because of the relative security you'll get from the political standpoint and the market itself? Mm-hmm. Would you say that is worth it? Mm-hmm. I think it's worth it. Um, obviously, I, I bring everything down to numbers. Uh, <laughs> that's my. I, I'm I'm a I'm a programmer actually by education, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm an engineer. I like things having things right in the in the spreadsheet. Uh, so, I think as long as spreadsheet spreadsheet works, it's fine. Um, you know, it, it, when I'm saying we have higher interest rates, I'm saying right at the moment we as we speak, right. Um, we are getting four and a half to five and a half percent interest rates, um, which are higher than probably uh, you can get. I know how much you can you get as a as a as a Brit as a resident in the UK um, with interest yeah, rates. Are you having uh, uh, in limited companies? That's what we've got. We found that yeah. I think we're yeah. averaging about three point two at the moment. I think right. So it's always between one and two percent higher interest rates, right? Yeah. And again, this is only in the beginning, or mostly in the beginning, because once you get your build your credit file and you build your portfolio and you have a credit uh, track, you have a track record in the UK, you're treated it slightly differently, right? So there are more and more and more options that open up. Um, but you know, always that this beginning is harder. The first two years, we say, is slightly high, harder because you have to you have to prove yourself as a landlord. Um, but still, I mean, with the, with the amount of money available in the market, uh, nothing stops you from taking um, an investor or, or any other financing that will that will sort of get you started and then build your credit file and then you then you put your and, and then you build your um, your credit file. I think I think what's what's interesting from from international investors um, like myself. Is the security of having property portfolio or part of your property portfolio elsewhere than in your home country? Um, because I mean, 
nobody knows what's going to happen in 20 years' time, right? Nobody knew it's going to be a Brexit. <laughs> we have Brexit. But, so now we have, well, now we can say we can actually invest in, in some other countries outside the EU, which is, even, which, which is even more sound to me because you have, you have your different, you have a different currency. Yes, you always had pound was always a different currency in Europe. But still you have, you, basically you, 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 uh, you diversify your portfolio between countries. So I'm, I'm happy to have a part of my, of my portfolio in the UK because it's just a different basket, right, where I keep my eggs. And in terms of interest rates or, or, or um, um, if they go up, because there's also a risk, right? We, since we are, since we pay higher interest rates as in internationals, we're more exposed to higher interest or the rise of interest rates of Bank of England interest mm-hmm. rates. Um, but again, it's all about numbers. Uh, we run a proper due diligence. We, as internationals, we need to do a proper due diligence and include those pessimistic paths uh, in our in our spreadsheet. So we need to protect ourselves by by analyzing different scenarios. I I always you know I when I when I run my spreadsheet, uh, I always put like say five percent interest rates, and I and I see okay what's going to happen if interest rates go up by two percent. If if I can if I can um survive and still have a, a decent ROI with my with the interest rates two percent higher than, than the ones I pay, not saying that I'm, that my interest rate will get better with time, right? Because I'd be building my mm-hmm. credit file. But if I can if I can absorb higher interest rates, I'm I'm completely fine. So yeah. And the, and the yeah. beauty and the beauty also one interest sorry one one also interesting thing about about uh, property investors investing from abroad is that I can actually we are more open to invest in different areas of the country because I know that typically everyone who invests in the in the local area uh, invests well invests in the places they know right uh, so they they don't they typically don't go to different cities. Because they, they try to find something behind the corner, because it's their area they know. For us, there's no such area, right? So we so we basically are open to look everywhere, and and we we spot uh, we have sourcing agents in different part of, of parts of the country. So whenever wherever numbers work and there's a good prospect for the location, we do invest. So we're more, yeah, we don't we don't stick to one one city, <laughs> so to speak. How about- that's that's pretty interesting because I know that um, you know, and and again our portfolio at the moment is, is UK based. Haven't got anything you know anywhere else. But if I was to hypothetically go over to Poland and look at investing over in Poland, mm-hmm. that'd be interesting because I would. I mean, I know various. I'm a bit of a football fan, so I, I could probably tell different cities just from different <laughs> football teams. But I would have no idea what makes an area better than. The others because i guess i'd be looking at and i'll explain how i would do it and then if you you know mm-hmm. uh, i'll explain how i would do it and then feel free to agree or disagree because i think that people are going to want to know mm-hmm. you know how to build up power teams and stuff yeah. like that but if it was me i would be i'd be networking as much as possible predominantly on, on social media stuff because of travel restrictions at the time of recording so i'd be networking i'd be doing some basic research and then when it comes down to 
picking an investment area, I'd still be looking at fundamentals. Now, what does it have uh, an airport, for example? Uh, what are the railway connections like? Does it have schools? Does it have, you know, um, like I think is it Gdansk, massive port? You know, yeah. is, it, is, it, is it a port town or a port city? I'd, I'd still be looking at the fundamentals. And I'd probably then, if someone said, oh, yeah, Rob, got a great deal in, in Gdansk or I've got a deal in Krakow or Krakow, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'd have a look at it because to me it's, you know, if the fundamentals are there and the team's yeah. there, I mean, you know, why not? Is that the same That's as you've exactly right. done it? That's exactly right. I mean, fundamentals are the same. Um, the only thing is the law and regulations that we need to be aware of because they might differ, but the, and they might actually. Uh, well, that's that's more on, on the country level, right? If you decide whether we go to Spain or to Poland or to Germany or or France or or Sweden, but in terms of the local selecting a local area or area in the country, that's pretty much what what you said, and that's how exactly how I came around it. I was networking a lot on Facebook, uh, talking to people, getting calls, getting Skype calls, uh, taking taking recommendations for for different people in the, in, in, the, in their power teams, and then finally I established a team over there, and I'm getting deals. And that's exactly and, and then basically when I'm sort of I have a full like you know maybe an hour long process where I go for different fundamentals. Okay, so what is the demand in the area? What is the what is the supply in the area? Is it, a, is it a growing city or is it a, a, a you know a bad place that nobody wants to live in or people move out essentially? So is the city growing? Is there any is there is there is there enough sort of um, major businesses around that can support one or two failing right? So because it can, it can happen that the factory is closed and the whole city goes bust. Uh, so so is there enough business around? Uh, is what's the crime in the area? And that's that's even more local, right? So if you look at the city, okay, is it like you know in the south, is it better or worse, or is is in the city like are there new developments in the in some area because probably the, the, the surrounding will be the neighborhood will be slightly better in that area, right? So, you know, all those things are there any grants or any other any big investments planned uh, for the area infrastructure or or businesses as well. So all those fundamentals, fundamentals are exactly the same, and that's when I when I speak to my my Swiss friend, he's he's investing in Switzerland. The fundamentals are exactly the same. So principles, uh, location, 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 um, networking, finding the place, finding the people, finding the finance, and and pretty much um, it's the same everywhere. Perfect stuff. It's probably uh, just looking at the sort of pr- prior questions. I don't normally make many notes, but looking at what we've, well, what you've covered. To be fair, Lucas, you know, talking about differences between different countries, doing research, building up team, or building up teams. I think that pretty much covers everything. I think people would would want to know. I guess if we had to summarise, mm-hmm. it would be. Don't be fearful of investing in, in other countries because it's probably good to diversify that risk just in case, you know, without a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. And in order to successfully invest in other countries, it would be about doing as much desktop research as you can and taking the yeah. time to speak to people, build a team. And I would guess from listening to other people's mistakes, 
so hypothetically, if I was going to decide to invest in Poland, it would involve a few trips going to Poland itself rather than just buying from something you see on the internet, actually physically go to the, the country, the area as well, and, and build up your power team and Absolutely. at some point push the button and do something. Absolutely. And I, and I also, yeah, and I think you mentioned a very important thing is that you, as an international investor, you have to visit the site from time to time. And before you select the city or before you select the location, go there. And what I, what I was doing, um, especially in the beginning, now, of course, of course, we are pretty much set. <laughs> we need to stay, uh, we can't travel that much. But mm. I used to visit different places, like different locations in the city, either on Saturday morning or Sunday morning. You know, all the trash, <laughs> you can see pretty much where was the party, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so that was a, a, or maybe even Sunday when, you know, when the, when the cleaning, um, when they don't, we didn't clean the, the, the or, or Monday when they didn't clean the, street you know streets mm -hmm. on sunday or during the weekend so so that's a good time to to visit the sites um look at the people around you know if they're in a dodgy places nor dodgy looking um you know areas but principles are exactly the same sounds good to me i i, I have nothing else to to add to that do you think do you have any other top tips for people some stuff that we might not have already covered do you have any other tips for people that are thinking about international investing uh i would say focus on the on the team because the, because you know the disc disc of research you can you can pretty much learn yourself you can you can find those this data you can you can uh, you can check those things online but your success will depend heavily on your power team and on people you work with. And obviously you won't, will, won't have time to cover my sort of journey and my mistakes because I had a few with different people as every investor did probably, or if you, if, you know, if, um, if you, if you as invested didn't have, you know, stories with builders and problems on the side, then probably you haven't been around too, too long. But uh, focus on the power team and make sure that, the people, that, that you surround yourself with people who actually who are experts in not only in their domain, but also in their area, uh, because, uh, you know, and then and then try to connect those people somehow in the process so that they they can look over each other's shoulder, like look at other people, people have other team members hands if you know what i mean so for instance if you have if you have a letting agent let them speak to the builders before they finish right and those kind of things so that you 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 know everything works nicely uh like in the engine you know all the all the gears work um because your power team will be will be somebody who you who you who your uh, your success will will depend on pretty much on the on a daily basis that is probably a brilliant place to wrap up in in all fairness uh, i would say you just mentioned about journeys and mistakes um, if the feedback from the episode is good um, i'm sure at some point lucas if you want we could arrange another podcast to go over you know mistakes so other people can learn from them because uh, sadistic or not people Absolutely. love hearing about other people's mistakes if yeah. <laughs> if people want to get hold of you how do people find mm -hmm. you so 
Together with uh, with my other international investors, we we set we set an education company. So we help um, international investors invest in the UK. So you can find us on momentumpropertyeducation.com, momentumpropertyeducation.com, uh, or if you want to try out our free course, go to momentumgift.com. And that's so when you can find us online, you can find us on YouTube, you can find us on all the social media, pretty much. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's the easiest way to get hold of us. Uh, if you if you you can find me on YouTube, you can find me on Facebook, um, lukaszbryski.com is my website as well. So I think we'll maybe put some some links in the in the description of the of the podcast. Happy to chat yeah. with everybody and connect. Yeah, absolutely, we'll put the links in the show notes and if people are watching this on youtube uh, just look in the description below uh lucas uh, a massive thank you for your time i think there's uh, some excellent content there and a lot that people can learn from so thank you very much thank you very much pleasure to, to meet you pleasure to speak to everybody